On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about taking full control of the NFC North with a win over those ringless Vikings. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the undefeated. Got that normal Rodgers first half back, but then second half sweat straight down my butt crack. Thank God Preston and King picking up the slack saved me from a heart attack. Stronger than an Aaron Jones cutback, Packers taking an NFC North crown comeback. We told you about Cousins fumbling. Hit that damn playback. This is the Pack It Up Packers podcast. Yeah. This is Ryan. Joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. How we doing, folks? What is up, boys? How do we feel about that one? Yeah, I think we could. I think you could be pessimistic or optimistic about this win. What? How are we feeling about it? Which way are we leaning? Well, I was downtown Milwaukee, so I got a pretty good vibe. We went from we actually drove down there at halftime. Watched the first half at the house. Drove downtown at halftime. Uh, watched from the sister-in-law's house with a group, and then we ended up at a bar after the game. And it was very interesting because it was a very somber feeling like the city wasn't uh, wasn't celebrating as if it was a victory. Uh, I looked around at the group and I'm like, do you guys feel as if we won this game? Doesn't it feel like a loss? You know, it felt like we were having the, the beers you would have after losing a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet we won. So that's a good thing. Right. But I don't know whether to call that optimistic or pessimistic. It, we'll talk about the first half. That was great. But uh, it fell apart pretty fast. Yeah, I I. I'm sort of in the middle on this one, I'm leaning towards pessimistic for just mm. for the simple fact we've been outgained in yards for our first two games and have won. Uh, our defense has, you know, turned over the ball a little and come up with some big plays. But as a whole, we are barely escaping these games as a win. So these are two good teams, though. You know, these are two they, teams. That they are. They, they definitely are. It's, yeah. it's, it's just a. Uh, it's a little, it's a little scary, little I'll scary. Go, uh, yeah, I guess I, if you're going pessimistic, I'll, I'll, I'll just take the stance of optimism. Uh, you know, for two good divisional teams, we're two and zero. Oh. Um, and yeah, for a while, I thought we were about to let one slip at home against a division rival, and that was going to be ugly. Uh, but for the time being, uh, we're two and zero. Oh. We got yep. stuff, we got stuff to work on, but it still feels fixable. I mean, we, yeah. we haven't had a defense like this in a long time. Yeah, and that second half uh, was such, just such a disappointment. I think if you reverse it, like let's say they started off slow and they just came out firing the second half, I think we're completely flipped. But the thing is, we're 2-0, and not only against the Bears, but now the Vikings. I'm going to say optimistic because they haven't played their best game yet, and yet they're playing great defense. They're playing against great defense. And if you would have told me coming into this game that the defense gives up 16 points, Jones has 150 all-purpose yards, and Adams goes over 100. I would have taken that in a heartbeat, not even knowing what the end result would be. So I think it's just a a matter of do you look at the first half and take more kind of a stance on that or the second half. But let's kind of go further into the offense. We've been giving uh, on this pod a lot of love to the D. 
That's what she said. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's start out with the offense. First half was near perfect. Uh, if you take away the Geronimo fumble, which was on the 28-yard line, then you that weird kind of fourth down hurry up on the Vikings 25. I think this offense scores probably close to around 30 points in that first half and then was completely non-existent in the second half. But w- what do we kind of take away from this offense in terms of are they at least making the progressions? We thought the tight ends would be involved. They weren't at all. Like, what do we make of this? Is this a coaching? Is this a player thing? What are we thinking? Yeah, I, I love the tempo of the first quarter. How they how they came out to open the game and up-tempo. They weren't running the uh, play clock down to, uh, you know, two every time. Um, and we're yeah and we're and we're throwing it at the cornerbacks they're attacking the strength of the minnesota vikings um and that just disappeared in the second half i i don't understand what they were doing uh that you know they were trying to control the uh, ball i think a little bit more in the second half to uh you know conserve time and keep the defense off the field um but i i was just very confused and then the tight end play I, I really don't get why we did not even try Jimmy Graham down the middle of the field. Uh, it did look like Minnesota realized that that was a weakness last week. Uh, they had safeties covering and middle linebackers dropping back a little bit uh, better than last week. Um, but I, I don't get why the tight ends weren't even, you know, targeted at all. And I want to say Rob Domofsky put it out there. This is the first time the Packers have started the game with three touchdowns on their first three offensive series since like 2014. So they were cruising. And I think that's what hurts the most about those two series ending so horribly is you figure Ronimo just goes down or something happens. We at least get a field goal. I'm so confident about that. And so to kind of put, you know, the foot on the throat of the Vikings early, the, 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 the pace of the game, the feeling of the game completely changed as soon as we yeah. had those two bad series. That that Geronimo fumble was a huge buzzkill. And, you know, he was lowering his shoulder to get the first down. It was the right mm-hmm. play he made. It yep. snuck out late. It was Harrison Smith making a great play. That's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. yep. you like to avoid all fumbles, but that's Harrison Smith making a pro bowler type play, right? But it's one of these things that if I can do a, a negative for Aaron Rodgers, when the momentum shifts negative, not that he checks out, but it just looks like he doesn't fight it to bring the momentum back. Yeah. Totally agree. So, yeah. So three touchdowns in a row. Let's just talk about that first drive where they they run the, the sort of the flare route, the out route to Aaron Jones on the left hand side, the side nearest to our screen, right? And then they come back exact same formation, exact same motion. They fake that, and then to Jamal Williams on the right hand side on the screen pass for the touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Th- this is what we've heard about with the Matt Lafleur offense, where it's it's uh, deceptive, but not in like crazy ways where you're thinking, how did they draw that play up? You just shift the linebacker saying, we just saw this. We're going to run to the right side to cover Aaron Jones. And then all of a sudden you got Jamal Williams with two blockers in front of him uh, running through the end zone. So that was beautiful. I'm, I was laughing out loud. I'm like, this is the LaFleur offense. I think we tweeted it out of the account. <laughs> like, this is what we were hoping to see, right? So we're up 21. We're up 21 nothing. I'm thinking we're killing him. Rodgers is going to throw seven touchdowns. We're going to set some records. All of our score predictions are going to be wrong. Uh, but then just a couple plays don't go our way. That Delvin Cook touchdown where he just springs loose. Lancaster gets pushed out of his gap. We had a different rotation in. The secondary was shifted over for some reason. Uh, I think it was Ryan. You said the linebacker wasn't our normal crew. Um, so whatever happened there, right, kind of a little fluky. Um, but if you if you take those things away, which you can't do in the game of football, 
Um, but we got to handle that adjustment better. It, it wasn't even an adjustment. We got to handle the momentum swing better. We had that game in hand and we let them back into it. Yeah. And praise the Lord. Lane Taylor is finally mm. not uh, at our left guard position mm. anymore. Jenkins actually looked really impressive in the run. Game. Yeah. Uh, he was pushing some people around. Um, and how about Aaron Jones? A uh, career yeah. high in carries for him. 23, yeah. uh, totally yeah. 116 yards and one score. Uh, finally looking like a lead back. Yeah, so let's go back, Josh. You you said we had gotten conservative in the second half. I, I sort of disagree with that take before I rewatch film, but Aaron Jones has averaged five yards a carry, right? So 23 carries, 116 yards. He looks solid, but Rodgers still had 34 attempts. So it's not like we weren't throwing the ball. It's not like we weren't trying to pick up first downs. Yeah, what what I'm referencing is like third quarter. There were two, two series back-to-back where we went three runs and then started with a run and then tried passing and it mm-hmm. came up short. Uh, and that's what I'm talking about is when you have two consecutive series where you're just trying to run the ball, like I get it. We were succeeding in it, but we also have Aaron Rodgers, and we have yeah. a lot of talent out there that we should tr- probably try to like fake out the Vikings or something. And that's the thing I think it was most painful as you look at those three opening touchdown drives, we were airing it out. Rhodes could not cover Adams today. It wasn't even yeah. in the card. Yeah. And so the fact that, that was we were shocking. Yeah, but the fact that we're going borderline 50-50 in terms of passing versus running plays, mm-hmm. it, it just – it I hate to say it, but there was moments of McCarthy where you're just like, hey, man, <laughs> we got Rodgers. Mm-hmm. We have people that are opening up. We even went away from play action in the second half. I think that yep. was the thing that, that stuck out to me the most was that first half we were rolling around. We were doing what we wanted to do from a passing perspective, and then we just got conservative from uh, – we're not going to do anything crazy in terms of getting Rodgers out of the pocket. We're doing it. It just felt like we could have gone all in and we started to run the ball. And thankfully Jones uh, did pick it up, but yeah, I, I guess I'm just like, not a, yeah, I guess I'm just not convinced that we went conservative. I'll, I'll have to watch it back this week and, and come back on our Thursday pod and see if I, I still agree with that. But um, you know, 34 pass attempts. There was plenty of targets downfield. Uh, you know, the jump ball to MVS, he almost came down yeah. with. Yeah. Um, why the tight ends weren't weren't as involved? There was only one target to Mercedes Lewis and two to Jimmy Graham. Uh, why they weren't Zero a little more catches. involved? Yeah, I have, Zero. I have no Zero. answers for that. Uh, but I, I'm not quite sold on not uh, trying to win the game yet. Still in the second half, I, I bet it was more so coaching adjustments. Yeah, uh, the Vikings have a great defense. I think they were able to make a couple quick adjustments and start shutting us down again. And that's the exciting thing is uh, we started this season off against probably two of the toughest defenses we'll face all year. And I understand the Vikings weren't 100 percent, but the Broncos, again, good defense coming up. But I think they're below this tier. But then you're looking at Eagles, Lions, Chargers, Panthers, Giants. I mean, if we can front end this kind of defensive uh, hierarchy, I really, really like our chances. I think that goes back to this optimistic viewpoint of we saw things today that we didn't even remotely see against the Bears. Play calling expanded, everything like that. When we start playing, if this defense can stay where it is and this offense can continue to just kind of grow a little bit, we're going to see a dramatic jump in the coming yeah. weeks. Yeah. And and speaking of that, let's turn over to the defense. I mean, really, three plays uh, were, were the heartbreakers. 
two of which were the were touchdown scores, 75 yards from Cook, which uh, was just deflating because we were rolling at that point. And then on a third and 13, Diggs with a 45-yard catch, which was just backbreaker at that point. Um, and I know it's would have, could have, should have moments. But the Packers defense, not 100% like week one, but still pretty damn good. Yeah, don't don't leave Chad Beebe out on that long playlist either. He, he had a 61-yard uh, broken play, uh, but coming yeah. up big for his dad in Green Bay, huh? Broken broken play, <laughs> broken play is the right term there. Kirk is falling off balance. A play he rarely makes. Just finds an escape valve last second. Beebe turns around and there's no one there, and he just starts running. And he's a speedster, so of course he had plenty of room to run. Uh, that's just a, a oddball play. You can't stop that. But you know, can we talk about how much we got right though? I mean, we oh. we called the Kenny Clark disruption. We called Martinez flying all over. We called a lot of what happened here, including our final score predictions were pretty accurate. Uh, the Cousins fumble, we were out at the bar. The entire bar knew that I made that prediction because oh. I was yelling so loud. <laughs> Small hands. Yes. The first the first fumble, I was like, it's starting. And then to have it two plays later actually be a true fumble for the Packers, which we also called not only a Cousins fumble. But a Cousins fumble on their half that then led to a score, it, it we were right on it. So yeah, The first one was Martinez recovering. The second one was yep. Kenny Clark forcing. Yep. It and just, the final scores, right? So I had 21-10. That Delvin Cook, you know, misaligned touchdown would have made it 21-10. You guys had, what, 23-17, something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah, 24 So, I mean, yeah. we, were, we were right in that thing of the Vikings were going to score more points than the Bears because there's a better, they're a better offense. But um, – I. I did expect from the defense, I expected a little more disruption, a little more pass rush. Agree. Again. Yeah, I was the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. I'm so sorry. Uh, you guys proved me wrong. You guys actually uh, showed up in this uh, game. Uh, not Brad. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, I was surprised we did not get more pressure. And, and we didn't really show that mug front that much this yeah. week, uh, which I was very surprised about. I want to go back and look. It felt like we sent four the majority of the time. I don't know why we weren't sending more. Yeah, I felt and, like they were they were looking at Cook and kind of containing him, and therefore yeah. were were too worried about getting too many people in the backfield because it just. Yeah, I when we that started the game in that first quarter was when the two fumbles happened. I go, we are going to eat him alive. We just said that they were going to get in there. And then Cook kind of breaks off that run. I couldn't help but feel like the pressure to Cousins from then on out wasn't what it was for those first three or six yeah, years. And and Blake Martinez was in coverage a lot of the game. Yes, and yes. and he was getting blown up by the guards. Like they were making a point to target Blake Martinez, like to make sure to take him out of the place. And there was there's a time in the fourth quarter where he uh, it was a completion to Rudolph. And Martinez oh was sitting goodness. there. I thought he was going to pass out right there. He was I don't tired. know. Right right before that play happened, I, I yelled it out loud. I don't know why they didn't get Martinez matched up and have whoever it was run a seam route because Martinez was gassed. Yeah, and I, yeah. I know, I know as an NFL player, you're not, you're not supposed to be gassed. But at the end of this game, he had flown around the field, 13 total tackles. Ten of them were solo tackles. It, in my mind, he looked like that guy in high school football that plays both ways and at the end of the big game just has nothing left, and he's given it everything he has, mm-hmm. but he's just not himself, right? He, he just can't quite get there. So they they uh, threw that ball to Kyle Rudolph down the middle, and Rudolph just snatches it like right off the grass, right? And Martinez, I think 
a, a normal Martinez with any sort of oxygen essentially left yeah. in his lungs would have been all over him and made him drop it. But he was four yards behind him because, like you said, Josh, his face was almost bright red. He was <laughs> yeah. so yeah. yeah. And that was, that was the effect of our offense couldn't stay on the field. It felt like our mm-hmm. defense was on the field the entire game. And that's yeah. the thing, too, is is Blake Martinez had 13 tackles, like you mentioned. The next Packer was Savage with six. Like, yeah. And the thing is, that first half, there were moments where I actually thought Blake Martinez was faster than I remembered. Like, there was moments where you'd see this flash of a tackle, and you're like, wait a second, who was that? And then Martinez would get up, and you're like, holy moly. I, I, it was purely conditioning in terms of how long could he go at that speed, and we know it's uh, three quarters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and tackling was a huge issue this game. Mm-hmm. So many arm tackles broken. Uh, not enough team tackling either. We need more people around the ball helping to bring people down. Yeah, um, coach can break a lot of tackles. How how about setting the edge though, Josh? You yeah. called that in our preview of the Viking game, especially early. You saw both Smith brothers purposefully go upfield in order to set the edge and push Cook back to the middle. You know, and I thought that would stop Cook, but man, he is just that good up He's the middle. Really he still found He's his way really through, even though we forced him inside. He still found a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he's I, gonna be trouble. Yeah, I thought up front. I mean, I thought Preston was a little bit, um, not quite week one level. But then he gets the pick, and you're like, all, all right, put him on the Pro Bowl. Uh, <laughs> I thought, I thought Lowry had some moments where you're like, all right, there we go. I, I, it wasn't the complete game, but I think it goes back to the offensive side. There were moments of that first half, especially that on both sides of the balls ball you go this is this is it like this is the team that we had hoped for the defense is moving around alexander i know he i know he should have picked off cousins Mm. i thought he played absolutely fantastic today the fact that Diggs had that one catch for 45 yards and other than that he was shutting him down i thought he played absolutely outstanding today yeah, and if it if it's a bad game for our defense and we get four turnovers, you know, I'm I'm down for that any any week. Yep. Yeah, we're mad and they've allowed nineteen points in two NFL games, so I'm pretty happy about that. But you know, Jair's play I think is exactly what any of us would have done in the end zone where he goes for the pick, he doesn't get it and it becomes a touchdown. Uh, but boy, I would have loved to just see him swat it down, right? I, yep. he does exactly what any of us would do. Uh, and then the other drop he had was was uh, it hurt a little bit, too, but he was all over. He had a heck of a game. You, you got to look past the drops there. Speaking of drops, do you guys think Kevin King actually caught that ball? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Dan. If Adam, if Adam, if Adam uh, Thalen caught his. Uh, I, yeah. I was shocked that that was not a five minute review of did he or did he not catch it? Uh, hold on. I'm checking the replay right now. Yep. Good. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Can we do our weekly uh, Rayshon Gary update, Ryan? Sure, we can do that. Since it's, it's looking good for Josh, uh, for the listeners. Yeah. You know, since I don't have snap counts, uh, he had quite a few pressures. But let's play a little game. Uh, who had more tackles, uh, Rayshon Gary or the beloved center from NC State, Garrett Bradbury? <laughs> well, I'm probably Wait, Garrett Bradbury. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bradbury had two. <laughs> he had two tackles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where those came from. It was the it was the interception and then the fumble. They gave it. They counted oh, him as tackles. They counted as a tackle. Yeah. We look how blocky threw was a tackle. A nice solo solo tackle. You know, every the, time I see number fifty one out on the field, I'm getting frustrated. Yeah, Gary's, yeah. Gary's flying all over, including he's he's rushing the passer, and then it's a five yard pass, and then he's in on the tackle, and our our other defensive linemen are not getting there. 
including 51 Kyler Fackrell. So I know Fackrell made a play or two today, uh, but I want to see more of Gary. It's not just because I might have to wear a T-shirt that shows my belly out in public for four hours next year. I think he's got uh, some juice in the tank that can help us win these games, and he's not getting on the field much. Yeah, he was in the play. I, like, he was in the frame. Every time there was a play that he was on the foot, he, he, you could see him in the background. Like, it's not like it was completely non-existent. I just, I, we were texting about it during the game. I know he, he has to just be injured. Like he has to be at like 80% mm-hmm. or something has to be happening. I just don't, I don't know why he, as a first round pick who has played decent when he's in, has just been completely overlooked. I don't, hey, I'm confused. Let, let me jump in front of Josh. Cause I know what he's about to say. And I'm going to yeah. give you credit, Josh. <laughs> at, after two weeks. It, he must just not be assignment sound because they have full trust in Darnell Savage. He's balling out. He's playing every snap, you know, for the most part. Uh, for Rayshon Gary to make the athletic type of plays that he's making while he's out there but not be out there for more snaps, he must not be assignment sound. Now, Josh is going to say he doesn't know the playbook. I, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I, I, that's the same thing to me as assignment sound. Oh. You, know, you just don't know what you're doing. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the – but I will say, you know, I, I am against Gary, you know, and I don't think he's going to do very well this year. Uh, but I do want to see more of him uh, because the little we've seen of him, he's mostly in on pass, you know, obvious passing downs where he's rushing the passer. Um, but Fackrell is just not the answer. And Gary, let's at least let's see what he can do. He's got the mm-hmm. athletic ability. He's got like he's got the talent. So let's just put him in there and let's let him learn from experience because he's he's not going to play a lot, but he needs to be in more in the first half to give the Smith brothers some rest. So we have them exactly. in the second half. And it's it's not even a one for one for Kyler Fackrell. Montrevious Adams and Dean Lowry, they've been playing solid football, but it's not like they've jumped off the screen. Yeah. Either. So yeah. why he can't why he can't be subbing them in and giving them a breather every once in a while either. I, I think he should be getting 20 snaps and he's not anywhere close to that. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. Jenkins is already in. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Gary's pretty close behind. I can't wait for him to light up Joe Flacco. <laughs> elite, elite Joe Flacco. Exactly. Um, so let's turn our, our attention a little bit. I know we do a preview pod every week. Uh, I'm seeing the lines coming out already at Packers minus eight and a half against the Broncos. Is that too high too early? I too high. man, that's that is too high, right? I think it's too high. I, I don't know Josh's take on this yet, but I was gonna guess Packers by four or five. And I, I was only confident in, you know, more than three points because it's in Green Bay. I was really struggling in, in my head before this line came out. I was like, all right, if this game is was in Denver, uh, what would it look mm-hmm. like? And I think you'd still have to go Packers by one or two. But Packers by eight, eight and a half. Oh, I don't know if I could put my money on that. Now, I will put my money on that because I Ooh. honestly believe the offense <laughs> is going to have a full, complete game. Uh, and our special teams was really poor this game, too. Wait, uh, so you've seen a quarter and a half out of them, and you think they're going to play a full four quarters next week? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm feeling it. I, I feel <laughs> it. Devontae Adams is already feeling. He's like, just wait. You guys just wait. So I I'm, glad you, I'm glad you got 17 on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> It is nice knowing that, I mean, the Lions squeaked by the Chargers. Chargers should have won. The Rivers gave up an interception. And then the Bears won on a kick. I just want to remind everybody. They won on a field goal, a late, long field goal. So 
That I ending think, was insane. I was at the yeah. bar, Bears fans and Broncos fans, and to see the the change in emotions over the course of the last thirty one seconds, including the penalties on extra points, was literally so knew, much fun. Who literally knew Eddie had it in him? So yeah. uh, congrats, Bears. But it makes me that's I think makes me feel really good is two and zero, both wins against North opponents. But the fact that yep. I know it's week two, there is. There's nobody that scares me in this division. I know that we have to go to Minnesota for for the second game, but Lions get get out of my face. Bears <sighs> at home is going to be a great game, but I, I I just feel as though the North is good and the defense is going to win games as we've seen Broncos putting up nothing offensively today. But um, I wanted to well, throw this up, out. They, they put up more than the Packers did last week. True. <laughs> details, details. Um, so I wanted to close on this too. The Vikings lost a touchdown today because of a reviewed penalty call. How many times are you going to break your TV this year when that happens to the Packers? I, I, I I'm already breaking my TV over uh, Kenny Clark and called on holding uh, in consecutive uh, games. I mean, uh, like what the heck? Like he's getting double teamed and you're calling the man on holding. Like, ugh. Does anyone know if these things still exist? When I was growing up, we had a bad call brick, and it looked like a brick, and it had bad call brick written on it. It was a sponge. But it was a sponge. (laughs) And I remember between my dad, the Bears fan, and me, the Packers fan, alternating throwing that brick at the TV. Now, this was before TVs were, you know, the the thick, the thickness of a A true tube, baby, a true tube. They were heavy enough to withstand a a six-ounce, you know, sponge brick hitting it. So nowadays they might tip over. Uh, (laughs) But I feel like I could use a bad call brick. Even some of these pass interference calls, there's a high number of offensive pass interference calls and i don't think all of them were fair including uh a couple on the vikings that i oh yeah oh yeah totally the vikings have three offensive pass interference this game i feel like it was yeah all i know is i feel i do feel like the packers have had the benefit of the doubt of these calls yeah when that momentum changes though my poor tv is going to be destroyed (laughs) because there were there have been multiple times these last two weeks that i go what are they calling? Like, even as a true Packer homer, I was like, this is, we're going down a route that I'm, I'm not prepared for, especially when the tables turn on us. But I never expected that, that pass interference to be reviewable, to come back in such a way where it did on Dalvin cook. Now he did try to throw two blocks against two different players, which is <laughs> textbook pass interference. But I did, I, I didn't expect them where he's, where he's off the ball necessarily. Right. To review yeah. that and call pass interference away from the ball, it was it was a screen. I get that, uh, but I that that action of a pass interference review never crossed my mind in the off season, and to see that come through today, almost in a proactive fashion, is a little scary because I think as fans we're all sick of reviews and how it takes 35 minutes out of every game, and this just opens up Pandora's box for how long the refs are going to stay under the hood looking at touchdown after touchdown and being like, well, did he, did he push off a little too hard there? Did they tug a Jersey over here? Let's just get back to playing football. Mm-hmm. So just get ready, Packer fan. That's a car, our, our PSA for the remainder of the season, but that will do it for this episode. We will catch you on Thursday morning talking Broncos. So thanks everybody. Go pack up. Go pack up.